0: Not sure what to make for dinner? Need some inspiration? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, join Gabriel and his food hero guests on The Dinner Special. And now, here's your host, Gabriel So. Welcome to The Dinner Special. I am Gabriel So, and I am so psyched to have Bev Weidner of Bev Cooks on the show today. On Bev Cooks, Bev is extremely open about food and family. She's a mother of twins, Will and Natalie, who've been featured on the blog even before they were born. And she claims to dish out the worst parenting advice you'll ever hear. Bev's high energy and wit makes me chuckle more than usual. Thank you so much for being here today, Bev.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you, Bev. Now, you started Bev Cooks in 2010 after quitting your job. What gave you the confidence to leave your job and pursue something you were more passionate about?
1: Well, I've said this word before and I'll use it again. I was stagnant. I was in a stagnant place and not really knowing where to go, you know, and I was working and, you know, it was fine, but, you know, it took a long time for us to get pregnant and have our kids. And so that stress and, you know, just not being super happy with my life direction. We got to this point in Aaron's career where we looked at our life and it was like, I think I'll stay home. I just want to garden and hang out and just kind of breathe and take some of the stress off of myself and the pressure off of myself. And once they did, I was like, okay, I'm home. I want to start a blog. I'm very inspired by other bloggers and stories out there. And so it was shortly after I quit that I started, I actually bought the domain. I had started posting photos of my dinners on like Tumblr and Facebook, but it was right after I quit my job that I bought the Cooks domain and really made it a blog, you know. So I don't know if you'd call it confidence or stupidity.
0: I call it confidence, you know, being sure of yourself and knowing. So, I mean, you kind of already knew that you were going to start a blog as you were sort of departing your job. Yes,
1: I was just getting more and more into the whole thing about, you know, food photography and writing. And I mean, it was a mess. It was a disaster back in the early days. But, you know, time goes on and you hone your craft and blah, blah, blah. (laughs)
0: Right, right. Now, actually, I was going to chat with you a little bit about that because blogging is a lot more than just sort of cooking. You know, you have the photography, you have the writing, you have the food styling. You know, did those things always interest you or were they part of just starting the blog? Both of it.
1: You know, I've read magazines like everybody, just been into magazines. I didn't really pay attention to the styling of food until I started blogging. And I was like, I know this doesn't look right this fork looks funny. I don't know how to do this. And so, like everybody, you know, I would just study magazines like real simple because I don't want a ton of stuff in my photos. I kind of just like it clean and white and the focus is the food, you know, not I love a good scenery. I think that's beautiful, but I also just want to keep it clean. So I would just kind of study magazines like real simple and things like that and kind of maybe rip them off. No, I don't know. You know, inspiration, just like literally looking at them going, no, this is the way they have the that works okay ding ding you know
0: right and when you started there wasn't really like Pinterest or anything like that and I know now that a lot of people find a lot of inspiration from Pinterest and sort of learn from sort of other food bloggers and stylists through that
1: right exactly yeah Pinterest is I don't get on it as much as I should possibly just because it is so and I'm not dissing I do love Pinterest but it's just so that I'm just
0: Right, right. There's tons of stuff out there. Yeah. Right. Now, you share a lot on your blog. Do you find it easy to share so much about yourself?
1: Yes. And, you know, I save the serious stuff for one or two posts a year, if that. But I love to talk. I mean, I don't know. I'm such a... It's easy for me to just talk about random stuff and it doesn't always have to be serious stuff you know just like my friday flotsam column at the end of the week every week is just about random stuff that i'm thinking about and maybe you're thinking about it too i have no idea but i mean why not you know i don't want to say i'm an open book because that's kind of silly but in ways i am
0: for sure now you're a mom to twins have you found that what you cook today is different than what you cooked before becoming a parent
1: to be honest not really Because I want them to eat everything. And they have been eating... I make them kale omelets every single morning. Just, I don't know why, I just want them to have... And it's really easy. I mean, it sounds like super fancy, but it's not. I mean, it's an egg and kale and a little bit of tomatoes and done, you know. Cut it up in little squares and they love it. But I just want them to be exposed to everything that I'm making right now. So that the hope is that they're not going to be picky eaters. Now, I will say, Will, you know, he'll touch a third of it and Natalie eats 100%. She does not care. She just eats it all, eats it all, eats it all. But I haven't really changed that much in my style of cooking just because I just want them to eat it too. And, I, you know, cut up everything, you know, or separate some things from the others and cut up the pasta to where it's tiny. I don't know, you know, but make it easy for them to eat. But I want them to have all the flavors.
0: Right. And especially with twins, it's hard to cater towards each individual twin as well. You'll be making like three meals if you're making something for yourself and then, you know, one for each twin.
1: And during the weekdays, sometimes they can be hard. You know, oftentimes I do simple, simple stuff like peanut butter toast some torn up deli chicken and a cut up fruit, you know, or a tomato or something, you know, just like a hodgepodge of things. But I always love to have leftovers from what I've made, either for just dinner or the blog, and then to give them that too. So it's not that different, but I do oftentimes feel like craft service. Like They need to eat constantly. I'm floating from the kitchen to their high chairs. Every two hours, you know, here's snacks. Here, do you want it over here? Do you want it on top of the roof? I don't know. You know, they have mouths.
0: Yes, and they need to be fed. (laughs) Now, I just have the one child. I can't imagine having two at the same time. What types of dishes have you found to be the quickest and the easiest to prepare? Like, you mentioned that, you know, you basically make the same things for them as you make for yourself, but you just make it more easy for them to access.
1: The funny thing about this is that, and I'm definitely going to answer you, but I'm starting a column, a monthly column with the Food Network on their FN Dish blog, which is on their main landing page. But I will be streamlining kid-friendly meals. Like the first part of the recipe will be kid-friendly. The second part of the recipe will be fit for adults.
0: Oh, awesome. Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. So, you know, it'll be, you know, take like a pasta with marinara. Most of the time you would stop there for the babies, you know, for your kids and give them the pasta and the marinara and have them go at it. And then, you know, for the adults, you would add the olives and the anchovies and everything that make it like a pen and thing. So I'll be starting that. But to answer you, the favorite kind of dish that's easiest, I'm stumped. Because a lot of time, like, I love pasta dishes, but I also, if they're shells, then that makes it easier for them to grab. Like shells with shredded chicken in it. You know, I try to avoid giving them too much sauce because sauce gets everywhere. So I kind of like try to remove as much sauce as possible. But I don't know. And you know, like cut up. What I really like to make for them is just two like whole wheat tortillas and just chop up some chicken and sprinkle in some black beans and a little bit of grated cheese. Pop that in the microwave for thirty seconds, and then just cut it with a pizza cutter into. And so they're having kind of like little burrito squares.
0: Perfect. Now, do you have any tips for new parents trying to navigate cooking and getting back in the kitchen? Like, did you have a hard time when you had twins to sort of get back into the routine of cooking?
1: Yes and no. I would say, because it is my job, I knew I had to do it. It was about four weeks in. I remember four weeks into having in to have it, and they're a month old. And I thought, I have got to to start cooking again, or I'm going to go crazy. You know, and Aaron cooks a lot. He's a fantastic cook. I mean, I just wish you could taste his food. It's amazing. But you know, he works also. And so you know, him getting home and having that burden almost of cooking every night for me and keeping me happy and all. And not that he was having to do that. But you know, there's just that pressure there. But I really love it. I mean, I just, got back in it really wasn't that hard and in the early stages what you have going for you with infants especially you know just any infant two or multiples or one they sleep all the time <laughs> and so it's so easy while they're napping for their 7 hours straight you know I'm in there cooking and then kind of you know plan it to where you know they're going to be napping and you can go in and cook and do whatever you need to do and if you need to cook it early in the day and warm it up in the evening great do what works just do what works
0: right and also when they're young they're not mobile so they can't move around so you just stick them in a chair and you're good
1: exactly now it's a different story you know they're down to most of the time one nap a day and if i haven't gotten my work done by the time they're up and they're running around you know they're full-on toddlers now and you know that can get a little bit challenging but we make it work
0: right now do you also find time to be adventurous with your cooking with the kids
1: not at this point. You know, like I said, if I'm doing something for the blog that has an adventurous flair in it, I will feed it to them. If they eat it, that's a gamble. But I don't set out to be adventurous with her cooking, but if I am slightly adventurous in something for work or just dinner and they eat it, then great. But I set out to, you know, right now at least, you know, sometimes you're just in survival mode. You just got to get them. It doesn't matter what it is. Just get them some calcium, get them some vegetables, get them some whole grains, whatever. And then call it a day.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, with a newborn, there have been so many times where I've left something in the oven for too long or just completely forgot about it. Can you share about a time when you were maybe cooking for yourself, your family, or your blog where things just didn't turn out exactly as planned, but maybe the result was even better than expected?
1: Right. How about every day? I feel like I do have something to share and it's like not on the top of my head, but Recently, I feel like I was, I did, like you said, I had something in the oven, it burned completely. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was cookies, maybe I was making Valentine's Day cookies and I burned some. But then when that happens, I've got a dog. Doesn't care. She'll eat anything. It's happened and I know I have that whole, ah, I forgot about it. I actually just said that the other day, but I can't exactly remember what it was.
0: Ah, it's okay. No worries. Well, here at the Dinner Special, we talk with food heroes about dinner dishes that are special to them and how we can make it at home. Can you talk about a dish that's special to you and maybe a little bit about the story behind the dish?
1: You know, I love sushi and I like spicy tuna ham rolls and I do have a recipe on my blog and it's actually very surprisingly easy to make, you know. The longest part's the rice, the rinsing of the rice kind of over and over in the beginning before you cook it. But once you get it down, it's pretty easy and my brother-in-law lives in Japan and he's lived in Japan off and on for the past five years. And so he's very into sushi. And so he got me a little sushi kit and a book and everything a couple of Christmases ago. And that's kind of special just because he knows that I'm into food. And he's like, yeah, you should try to do this, you know. And it's very surprisingly easy. Now, that's not a comfort dish. You know, I always sort of lean towards comfort food in a way. Most of the time, I love pizza. I could eat pizza all day, every day. I love tacos. I love pasta. And I love cream sauces. There are so many dishes that are special in different ways. And... They're all pretty easy to make at Like, as far as something specific, besides sushi, it's hard to know. I feel like I'm not giving you good answers here.
0: No, it's great. I mean, sushi's a great dish. I mean, do your kids eat sushi?
1: A couple of weekends ago, we ordered sushi from a restaurant and just take out, you know, just because it's easy. You know, when they go to bed at like noon, <laughs> it's easy just to bring everything to the house. But... We gave them some just California rolls, nothing that had fish in it. And we cut it up and they kind of got into it. You know, rice was everywhere. I cleaned for 12 hours after that. But you know what? It was a family experience.
0: Right, right. It's all about these experiences, these memories, right?
1: We're all about creating memories.
0: Exactly. Now, if you could invite any three famous people over to share your sushi with, who would they be?
1: Well, I don't think I would make sushi for them. If I were to have anybody over, I would probably just make them pasta. I mean, you know what? Italian sausage, kale, and pasta, that's like, that's it for me. I love that combination. And, and like Italian sausage and kale, white beans in a soup, wonderful. So easy. I mean, that's kind of a popular thing going around, but it's just so good. But I would definitely not make sushi for anyone famous. But if I were going to have anybody over for just a meal that I wanted to make, you know, Sarah McLachlan, I know that sounds so crazy, but I've been an admirer of her music for so, so, so long. And I also listen to a ton of underground like indie music, but she is someone I've regularly listened to through the years. I know this is so dumb. Oh, you know what? Christopher Kimball, America's Test Kitchen. I don't know if it's the bow tie. I don't know if it's his little circle glasses, but man has some charm, and I love it. He's so fun. We watch America's Test Kitchen all the time in Cook's Country. I adore him. I don't know why. I don't know why. So maybe Christopher Kimball, only if he wore the bow tie.
0: I'm sure he would be dressed exactly the same way to like a casual occasion than he would on the show. Right,
1: right, right. But I'd be terrified to have these people over. So I mean, like in my head, it's like already a disaster.
0: No, that's perfect. Sarah McLaughlin and Mr. America's Test Kitchen. <laughs> well, let's say that you were to have dinner and a movie with your guests. What movie would you share with your guests?
1: You I mean like as if something they hadn't seen before or something that I think would be fun? I mean, we could watch Harry and Sally all the time movies for me this is gonna be so silly but i love annie <laughs> and the sound of music and wizard of oz and you know i'm trying to dirty dancing lost in translation anything by bonnie python we could always share in a giggle you know it kind of depends on what we eat really
0: perfect that's great now bev you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier after a rough day with your twins or with your work what is your ultimate comfort food
1: in liquid form it'd be wine <laughs> But in comfort food, honestly, pizza or pasta, to always go back to pasta, a big stringy bowl of linguine or even angel hair with a bunch of shrimp in it and lemon and parsley. Like My favorite thing, favorite comfort food that is so stripped down would just be like linguine with a ton of lemon juice, parsley, crushed red pepper, Parmesan, and a little bit of butter. That is perfection to me.
0: Perfect. Butter always makes things a lot better. Now, I call the next part of the dinner special podcast, the pressure cooker. I'm going to ask you seven fast and fun questions that we want to know your answers to. Are you good? Yes. Great. Number one, which food shows or cooking shows do you watch?
1: America's Test Kitchen, Martha's Cooking School. I do watch that.
0: Perfect, that's great. Number two, what are some food blogs or food websites we have to know about?
1: I love the sprouted kitchen with all my heart. I love Sarah and Hugh so much. It's ridiculous. Of course, I love how sweet it is. Jessica's one of a dear friend of mine. My new roots, fantastic, beautiful photography. Sarah Britton is just brilliant. Those are three.
0: Perfect. Number three, who do you follow on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook that make you happy?
1: Instagram, all the way. Alice, and I don't, I hope I, Alice Gao, I think is the way her, you say her last name. She's just... Gorgeous photography, you just cannot even understand. Oh, local milk on Instagram—it's just crazy. I just want to cry all over it. Sunday suppers, convol, you know, feeds like that, feeds that have to do with not necessarily food. Food could be in it, you know, but a slow approach to life, lifestyle. Beautiful composition. Everything has a certain shadowy, moody feel or bright. You know, I, that's what I'm drawn to.
0: Great. Number four. What is the most unusual or treasured item in your kitchen?
1: Well, I have a cutting board that my husband made for me. He's crazy talented with DIY. He's a maker, as you would maybe call him. And he went to like a reclaimed lumber place and got a piece of wood. I think it's elm. I want to say it's elm. And sanded it way down, made it food-friendly, you know, oiled it up. And it's just this rustic, dark piece of beauty that I chop carrots and onions and garlic on every day.
0: Awesome. Number five, name one ingredient you used to dislike but now you love.
1: I used to kind of hate fennel. I would say that, fennel. And I really like it. Although I will say it has a licorice tone, which I'm sure you know, everybody knows that. But I hate black licorice. Absolutely hate it. But for some weird reason, I can dig some fennel.
0: Well, because fennel, I guess if you shave it really thinly, it's not as powerful as sort of black licorice candy.
1: It's subtle and you kind of lose that. I mean, the licorice flavor is definitely there, but it's kind of masked by its delicateness.
0: Right. Now, number six, what are a few cookbooks that have made your life better?
1: Okay. I have this cookbook called The Silver Spoon that my mom gave me for Christmas many years ago. I have Mastering the Art of French Cooking, Julia Child. Not that I have made my way through it like Julie and Julia and don't ever plan to. Hello, aspects? No. But I have cooked a few things from that book and her approach and her writing in it is so different than modern cookbooks. So different. It's Her thinking is genius, but I, you know, it's older and it's interesting. Love that book. Everyday Food, the Martha publication, they put out a cookbook long, long, long time ago. That one in Power Foods. And that's when I first got into cooking. It was about 10 years ago when this cookbook was released. And it opened my eyes to chopping, dicing, sauteing, everything. It was just, you know, enlightening. You know, I used to be really into like Jamie Oliver, like a long time ago, into his early cookbooks. I loved that. I'm getting way off base. Those, we'll go with those.
0: Nope, that's a ton. And finally, number seven, what song or album just makes you want to cook?
1: Well, I love Fleetwood Mac, Rumors. You cannot go wrong with that album. I don't know if it makes me want to cook. It makes me want to do everything. I love that record. I could just put it on and cook, you know, at the same time. I love The Bird and the Bee is also another band, that just their songs and the production, the approach to their production is very unique. Lots of layered vocals. It's really beautiful, but cool. You know, it's poppy and a little indie rock, and that just makes me dance in the kitchen, which I like.
0: Perfect. Well, congratulations, Bev. You have officially survived the pressure cooker. thank you. Bev, thank you so much for joining me here on the Dinner Special Podcast. Now, you're all over social media. What's the best way for us to keep posted with what you're up to?
1: Well, food-wise, I would say Facebook my Bev Cooks page on Facebook. That'll have everything, though. I mean, you know, Instagram, I've recently started posting, like, when I post a recipe, I post the photo. And just always photos of the babies on Instagram. But if you're just looking for food, specifically, I would just say either subscribe to my blog or social media, Facebook, you know.
0: Perfect. And it's BevCooks.com. Correct. Perfect. Thank you so much, Bev.
1: Thank you for having me. Have a good one.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Head over to TheDinnerSpecial.com. Recipes, highlights from every show, super blog articles, and all the wonderful ways to keep in touch on social media. Your culinary journey awaits, so let's get cooking.